Hello and welcome back to the Free Pixels podcast. I'm Martin Gregory, and today we'll be diving back into Kingdom Hearts 3. You're tuned in to the Free Pixels podcast. This episode is produced by Martin Gregory. For a short amount of time, you know I loved the Kingdom Hearts series and I raved about the new Kingdom Hearts game when it was announced. I spoke about the game's demo in EGX 2018 and my thoughts on what the game was going to be like as an overarching story and plot and what my concerns and my positives that I took away from the game. If you haven't heard that episode just yet, I definitely implore you to go listen to that first and then come back to this one as now I'm going to be talking about the overall game and ask the question, was it worth the wait? So was it worth the wait? Yeah, it was. That's the end of this week's podcast. Thank you for joining us here, and I hope to see you in the next one. Thank you very much. Obviously, I'm joking. There's a lot to unpack with this game, and let's start from the beginning. Hero losing his powers is one of the most common tropes in RPG sequels. This is a bit of a pet peeve of mine, when sequels just put you back to level 1 for no other reason than, well, it's a new game, you need to learn the basics. I've always admired how Kingdom Hearts have always incorporated a reason why Sora is always put back to level 1. Once again he loses his powers, which is tied to the story. So what do I mean by that? Sora's always fought against the darkness, being with or against his own friends at times. So it's quite strange to see that Sora is now almost turning to what he's been fighting against throughout the entire gaming series. I feel like this is the most significant personal struggle that Sora's ever gone through, and it's quite strong leading into the beginning half of the game, which is fantastic. With Kingdom Hearts 2, you had this strange prologue, and if you didn't play some of the previous games in between that, you'd had no idea what was going on. So picture me when I was quite young, I didn't play these other games or knew about these other games and it was very confusing at times for me. With Kingdom Hearts 3, you instantly feel like there's a threat. The first world you come by is Hercules' world, a fan favourite. It's been in so many instalments throughout the Kingdom Hearts franchise. The journey begins here as Hercules in a previous game lost his own strength but regained it back. So Sora and the gang start there. In this world, you come across the main villains and their clues to their hidden agenda, as well as villains mock Sora for looking weaker. And this affects Sora, which again tied into Sora's growth. As a character, as in previous games, he always was looking to be strong as possible to save his friends and the people he loves. And once he hit his fullest potential, he lost it in a blink of an eye. And that really comes across in this game, especially the first three or four hours, you can see that Sora's a bit down in the dumps, he's not himself at all, and I love this character building of him. At the end of the world storyline, Hercules gives Sora some advice, and Sora and the gang set off to stop the evil Xehanort from acquiring the X-Blade and summon Kingdom Hearts. Now I know already people are thinking, they're going to stop who to do the what now? Look, I'm really sorry, there's 27 hours of cutscenes and 12 previous games to go through and explain. In short, 
Xehanort is a really bad guy who wants to use Kingdom Hearts, which is a power source of people's evil energy, which can now destroy the universe as we know it. So let's actually talk about the story. In the EGX video, I said about the storytelling is not so strong. And unfortunately, Kingdom Hearts 3 is no different. I said to Ben a number of times during and after recording our podcasts, Kingdom Hearts weak spot is keeping pace and tempo throughout the entire game. I think this is due to the attempt to satisfy both Disney stories and the overarching plot. It becomes hard for the player to get invested, where at times the main character is even questioning why they're visiting some certain worlds. I say the game just suffers from a lot of plot to balance ratio, where that urgency element that I was talking about earlier doesn't continue really past the first world and the two worlds that I feel like just kills the momentum dead in its tracks is the Toy Story world and Monsters Inc. That's not really a coincidence. The real momentum is when Sora, Riku and Xehanort all encounter one another. And in these worlds that I've just mentioned, they have very little amount of that conflict or not at all. As well as there's a real laughable moment where in the Tangled world, they play out the movie scene of when Rapunzel finally first steps out of that tower for almost 18 years. <laughs> oh, who's she? Uh, that would be Rapunzel. Something tells me this could be her first time outdoors. Give her a few minutes to get used to it. First time ever? I can't believe I did this! I can't believe I did this. I can't believe I did this! Mother would be so furious if she knew I disobeyed her and left the tower. But that's okay, I mean, what she doesn't know won't kill her. Right? No. Oh my gosh, this would kill her. This is so fun! I am a horrible daughter. I'm going back. I am never going back! I am a despicable human being. Day ever! If you remember the film where she's saying, I'm a horrible daughter, what's my mum gonna say? Had that inner conflict. You could see that Donald, Sora, and Goofy were sort of in the background or even at times right next to her. And after this small montage of her accepting that she's free and she wants to go view these lanterns, she almost sudden just jumps back and says, who are you guys? It's a really weird moment. I just thought, You've just spent 20 minutes around a complete stranger then, and only just now have you noticed these strangers staring at you with your inner conflict. So that's when I realized there and then, oh no, they're putting the Disney stories over the actual plot at times. I said it in my EGX video as well, that there could be scripting issues, and oh boy, there were some scripting issues at times, you could really believe Sora's this genuine, heroic person. And then other times, he just came across as an absolute idiot and unable to come across as a real threat to villains when talking, even though Sora's whooped them in previous games, as well as you could miss a number of cutscenes. And you know how exactly they're gonna play out because it's the same thing over and over. Examples, heart, friendship, light, heart, friendship, darkness, and heart. They are said so many times in this franchise, it's almost mind-numbing. 
You just know what they're going to talk about at times, and that's never good. Predictability is never good in a game. It's not all bad. The overarching story is very strong, and you feel a connection more with the characters, and you can definitely see that Donald, Goofy, and Sora have been together for a long time, at times having banter and having jokes with one another. That's quite refreshing, because in some games, they reacted like they've never met each other or had so little contact with one another. And it's with that connection that the ending scene of Kingdom Hearts 3 is really emotional. And it's one of those moments you, you sit back and go, did that just happen? Don't worry, I'm not going to give any spoilers away of the actual ending. But I will say, it's probably one of my favourite endings of a video game ever. So it's time to talk about the technical element in the game. In the game, you really have a movie quality. The settings are crisp and so dynamic, it's a delight to explore. In previous games, they never really had the full capability of having huge worlds in real high definition like the Xbox One and the PS4 can give you. And this is made even more fantastic with being accompanied by an orchestral takes on the movie's classic themes. And it just breathes the world even more into life. Let's talk about some of the key features in Kingdom Hearts 3. I said in the EGX episode that the combat may be the crux of the game and it will make or break the game. And I would say it made the game. It was fantastic. The introduction of adding fun gameplay options, including the chance to control toy mechs and call in Disney Park-like rides into the midst of battle really adds an element of difference. No battle is the same, and you can really make some extraordinary combos, and they are so satisfying when you get them just right. The enemies that you encounter are fantastically drawn and brought to life. Honestly, I have no complaints with the art style or the visual style of enemies, and that also goes for the world design as well. The assortment of Disney locations were definitely the right ones to use. Each location has had a film or a prequel to that film come out in the last 10 years. The first game came out in 2002. That's almost 17 years ago now. In that time frame, new audiences to the Disney market have come and they really tried to aim this game at that younger audience while keeping the older fans happy as well with the addition of Hercules. I was looking at some reviews and I do agree with a couple of them. I can also see the argument against it. Only having nine worlds, this was meant to be the big finale, the conclusion to it all. And I thought it was gonna be in the region of 15. And I understand this would have conflict with my uh, negative that I said earlier, with the pacing. However, I really thought it would be in like 15 worlds and this real big, like, massive story which we did get of 27 hours of cutscenes but at the same time I thought they could have incorporated a bit of new worlds and once you've done some of the worlds there was nothing really too much to go back to like in the Hercules worlds in previous games you usually had like tournaments and stuff and although they have like a small variant of that I completed that with inside an hour and a half it was really no challenge and I would really like to see maybe a bit more replayability that the first and second games definitely gave players. Overall, I love this game. Yes, the dialogue is cringy, and the storytelling's pacing is way off at times, 
but that's nothing new to the Kingdom Hearts franchise. The combat and the enemies that you encounter is nothing short of spectacular. I could run out of superlatives to say about those two things alone. This game did everything it needed to do for me. It kept me entertained, I kept going back to it. Even with games such as like Red Dead Redemption and God of War are out there, I still come back to Kingdom Hearts 3. I remember the first day I got Kingdom Hearts 3 and when I finally got it all downloaded onto my PS4, I played it non-stop for that entire day. At moments I was going, I'll come off this in a minute, and I just never did. I never put the controller down. This game just gripped me. Maybe it was that nostalgia of it, but honestly, I just couldn't put the game down. Square Enix said this might not be the last game in the series, but if it was, I'd be okay with that. It ends on a real touching note. And yes, there are definitely some questions that were left unanswered, but honestly, if this game ended there and then, I'd generally be fine with it. It was just such a roller coaster of emotions going through it. And when it finally ended, I actually just sat back and just sort of took it all in for a moment. The game ticked every box I wanted it to tick. And honestly, it was the best Kingdom Hearts game I think I've ever played. So that's the end of the Gaming Corner this week. However, you can check us out at the Free Pixels Pod or find us on Facebook, the Free Pixels. I've been Martin Gregory, and I hope to see you next time on the Gaming Corner. You've been listening to the Three Pixels podcast with Alan Taylor, Martin Gregory, and me, Ben Ridley. Music provided by Epidemic Sound. With that, thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. Good night. <laughs>